the crazy thing is, is, is that, you know, somebody's like, you know, Pastor, you need to write a book about this thing because there's just so much in there. So I actually started writing the book about it um, in chapter one already. I finished the other part. And uh, chapter one's going to be the hard chapter because the other chapters of what I've been preaching. So it should be pretty easy. But if anybody's really good at, at uh, editing, you know, like essays and all that kind of stuff, come see me because my grammar is even, I type worse than I talk. Um, I grew up in Crowley, and that tells you everything you need to know. So uh, my, my, t- my typing is worse. Now, I can type fast, but it's, my grammar is terrible. And you are like, Pastor, you don't talk well anyways. But anyway, so we've got that going on. Uh, also, don't, don't forget that Wednesday we will not have a service. We won't have a live service. I'll probably have something online if, for those who want to watch. But I know there's going to be so many people traveling and you know, getting ready to go uh, to, to visit with family. And just remember, be careful with the family this year, right? That's what they're telling us. Make sure you wear your mask and you do all those things. Um, listen, in our day and age, it's just good to be careful no matter what, right? Just, just be careful. Uh, I've got my mask sitting right here. When I visit, I wear a mask. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to do whatever I can to help keep people safe. Uh, but let me have my pastoral moment. Um, eating too much is a sin. So uh, on Thanksgiving Day, don't eat too much. So, so here's, here's what I do. Uh, I actually did this again last night. Um, you know, it's pretty bad when you go out. I had a gift card from Pastor Appreciation for a steak. So I went to Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, it didn't end well. The first steak was still mooing. And I'm like, can y'all fix this? The second one they brought me was half decomposed and, and tasted like leather. It was so hard. And I'm like, so I went to the store yesterday and bought me a cheap cut of meat. I always buy the cheap ones. And, and marinated it down. And I barbecued it last night so I can get my steak fixed. And the uh, problem was there was two of them in the pack. And, and the, the moral of this story is, is I ate one because I was full. Waited about two or three hours and I went and got the other one. And, and so... Uh, you know, we can't eat too much. That's a sin according to the Bible. So fix you a plate, get full, fix you another plate, and just let it sit there. And, and visit, and, and then once it all goes down, then go eat the next one. I got it. Listen, if you're visiting, I always have to have my pastoral moment because I want people to sin, you know. Uh, so, but have a good time for Thanksgiving, but be careful. Uh, our weekly memory verse, come on, John 3.16. Who knows this one? That's right. There you go. There you go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a good one to remember. Definitely a good one to remember. That's a good tool to put in your toolbox as a believer. When somebody says, if God really loved you, yeah, he did. How do you know? He tells me right here, John 3, 16. And, and if you're not good at addresses like me, one of the very first verses my pastor had me memorize I use it as 316, and that one's 215. That's how I remember it. It's 215. So you can, you can do those little tricks, amen? So listen, we're going to get ready to, to receive our offering today. Uh, we're going to have somebody actually come around and, and pick it up because we're going to do fire Bible stuff later. But, uh, you know, we're having to separate all that stuff out, and you all know why later. But uh, I just, you know, as I've been saying, I want to thank everybody that's continued to, to tithe and to give to the church. The Bible teaches us to tithe. It teaches us to give. You know, given it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give to you. Right? If a man sows, he shall reap. 
right? There, there, there's all the biblical principles in this, and we're a giving church. We always have been. It's, it's, I can look back in the records and see. But I want to say thank you to those that have been faithful, even in the, the difficult times. Amen. Uh, and, but you know what? My pastor was here a few weeks ago, and, and he was teaching again on those kind of things. You know, and that's where I, I grew up under was, was a man that was constantly giving and sowing. And, and like one of his things was, if it didn't meet my need, it must be my seed, so I plant it. And that is just all those little things that, that we put in there. But you can give online at newlifeag.church. You can go there and set that up and give. So many people do. Or you can give, you know, with the envelopes or, or cash and stuff like that. But I'm going to pray for the offering this morning, and we're going to have some people come around. If you have money for your fire Bible, hold that. Do not put that in here. If you put it in here and you put it in your normal tithes, we'll, we'll get it out. We'll separate it out later. But there's a reason why. So we're going to pray, and then we'll have them come up and do this. So, Father, we thank you that we can give. We thank you that you always watch over everything, Lord. Lord, the principles in your word are yes and amen. They're truth. They're for today, tomorrow, and yesterday. And, Lord, I pray that you'd receive these gifts that we bring today. Multiply them, Lord. Multiply them. Use them around the world. But, Lord, we also ask that you would allow us to use them right here in our area to reach the lost and the hurting for Jesus Christ. Multiply these seeds, Lord, that they would also come back to the giver today. They would never have lack in their life. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. But they're going to come around and uh, just do that. They'll just kind of walk around. But again, if you have something specific to Fire Bible that you've wrote out, just hold that because we're going to do that later. Amen. So, all right, I'm going to get into a couple other things. Whew. Why they why they're passing that around? Um, next month, of course, is is what Christmas. Uh, I, I saw this really crazy post on on Facebook, um, and and it it just I laughed and I laughed. It was a young lady that that posted. She said, we weren't going to do this publicly, but we had to. There's only five weeks away. You know, we're expecting. She's saying all of this, and we're sitting there like, her daddy is going to bury whatever boy did this. He, he moves houses for a living. You know, and so she's talking about expecting, but at the very end, she comes back and says, it's Christmas. And uh, her mama was not happy because it sounded so much like she was expecting a child. And, uh, yeah. And so, but you know what? Christmas is right around the corner. Christmas is right around the corner. And be praying that the Lord would bring somebody to you that you could help, right? That you could bless, that you can share the gospel with. You know, because me, me and Wendy watched a kind of cheesy show last night. We thought it was going to be funnier than it was. Um, but, you know, it's presence, not presence. It's the presence of God, not the presence, not the gifts. And, and that's really what they kept sharing through the whole story. And you know what? It's the presence. Go share the good news of the gospel with somebody. Go share what Jesus did for us on the cross. And maybe give them a gift if you feel led to do that. But what we want to do is we want to make sure people understand. Because so many people today, honestly, the, the, the children think it's more about Santa Claus than Jesus. You know, there's gifts being give, given and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Let's make sure that the, the reason for the season is really what we're celebrating. Amen. So, amen. Hey, they're ready up there. I was stalling, as you could tell. I'm not good at stalling, though. I had to wait for my bass player to get back up there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is anybody ready to worship? Amen. Turn that thing off so I don't get this crazy echo. Well, let's stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Hey, I just want to say thank you to all the, the worship team people up here. You know, y'all give, give it up for them this morning.
Y'all know they're here at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning practicing and listening to me and, and you know, hitting wrong notes and right notes and, and practicing during the week. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to, to come up here and, uh, and to, to lead worship. But good thing is, is you guys love to sing. So anybody ready to worship this morning? Amen. 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 Father, come on, I just feel like we need to pray one more time. Father, we thank you that we get to be in your house. Lord, we just pray right now that your spirit would be free in this place. Lord, we have an agenda today, and it's to worship and love on you. And no matter how long that takes, Lord, we want to we want to say, come, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way today. Manifest your presence in a tangible way today. And open up the heavens, Father, and pour out your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.
is holy. Lift up your hands and shout, the Lord is with us now. Lift up your voice and sing, Come on, he sing is again. holy. Lift up your hands and shout, the Lord is with us now. Lift up your voice and sing, Come on, do it again. holy. Lift up your hands and shout, the Lord is with us now. Lift up your voice and sing, Come on, one time. welcome in this place. Have your way today. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, oh God.
changed in this place come on hallelujah hallelujah Jesus
our spirits today. Dig deep, Father. Don't let there be any hindrances today. Let your anointing be on the preaching. It would glorify you. Challenge us, change us, direct us, whatever is necessary today, oh God. Whatever is necessary. Come on, y'all give him praise in the house this morning. Come on, give him praise in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, turn and give somebody a spiritual high five this morning. Since we can't get close to nobody, you know how this crazy world is right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whew. Hallelujah. Come on now, can I get a hallelujah? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. That was a little bit good, I guess. <laughs> Let me grab this. Well, no, I'm going to grab this one. That one's all tied up in there. Whew. Is it hot down here? I am, like, dripping up there, man. Whew. Oh, Jesus. Well, sometimes I love blaming it on the Holy Spirit, but sometimes I'm like, did I just not turn the air conditioning on right? Uh, I feel the Spirit. That's It's there, that's for sure. But, <laughs> whew. You know, some weeks I wish I would have added about five more songs to the set. <laughs> we just stay there all day in worship. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was waiting on that one, Cookie. <laughs> Where'd I put my phone? Hold on. I, I, Brother Chip's mother had failed earlier today. and uh, Okay. So it seems like she's okay. So y'all, y'all be praying for her as well. She's good. They're just waiting on somebody to come over. So, okay. Brother Chip's one of our deacons, and uh, he wasn't able to be here this morning. His, I said his mother had fell, and they had to, of course, go take care of that. Amen. Uh, you know, family is so important to God. And, uh, you know, I had somebody tell me one time that they, they thought they missed God because they had to come home and take care of their parents. And I'm like, find that in the Scripture. I, I don't find it, you know. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, taking care of family is important. So... So listen, I, I want us to continue on with, uh, with Coach God this morning. Uh, I'm going to go find the picture that I've been reading off of because I really didn't put it in my notes today. Uh, but that's okay. I've got it right here, and hallelujah, I can find it quickly. Uh, I don't think they even had it up there, honestly. This is, what's, this is the, the, the quote that started everything. A coach is someone who always makes you do what you don't want to do so you can... Be who you've always wanted to be. Think about that. Let that sink in for a second. A coach is someone who always makes you do what you don't want to do. So you can be who you've always wanted to be. It's just an interesting statement to me. Interesting statement. And, you know, being, being that I, I track coach, I mean, I coach track. Man, I got to get my mind straight this morning. Jesus, help me. I coach track. And, of course, I was a, a track runner as well. And so I, I look at that now, thinking of that, I look at, you know, man, I've been coaching now for about eight or nine years. 
and it's like I think about the students and I think about all these other things. And I, and I think back in my coach, which I really didn't like, because he made me do things I didn't want to do. Okay, maybe I shouldn't dislike him now. Because he made me do things I didn't want to do because he saw something in me that I didn't see. And he was trying to make me become somebody that I wanted to be, but yet I didn't really know. You, you see how that... But when we start looking at it on a biblical side, we don't view God as that kind of person. We don't even view our pastors that way. You know, I, I went back and found, uh, me and Ryland were talking the other day, my son, he's at uh, camp this weekend working, and we were talking about my very first pastor, Pastor Meyer, over in Jacksonville, Florida, and, and just how rough and tough he was, you know, big handlebar mustache, you, you know, part of the Hells Angels at one time when he got saved, and big man, you know, and I look back and I remember he didn't play. The guy, he was like a coach. He was like my coach. Rich, you can stop. That's it. You're done. Tell it no. No, no more. Well, pastor, I, I'm, I'm struggling. No, you're not. Greater is he that's in you than in the world. What, what's the problem? Let's do this again. Let's do this again. You know, and, and he was just, he was hard about that. So we went and got, I found some preaching of him. There's very little online because they don't really do a lot of that stuff there. And, and we just sit there and I listen. And, and the more I listen to that, the more I see the fact that, that, yeah, he was a coach to me. He was a coach to me. You know, one of the things, Braden will really appreciate this. Did you ever tell your coach, Coach, we've been practicing way too much today. Why not? Because he would have practiced you some more, right? Oh, you think this is a lot? Tell your mama you're going to be home after dark. And that's before time change, when it gets dark at like 8, <laughs> you know, 9. Yeah, now it's dark at like 5, and it's 6.30, you think it's midnight. And, right, we didn't tell our coach. Did we ever tell our coach how we think practice should go? <laughs> you know, I, my, my students, they're like, Coach, how much, what are we doing today? We're going to run. What else are we going to do? We're going to run some more. This is track practice. What do you do? We run. Well, how many are we running? Until I say you're done. Well, is that going to be eight? I like that number, but no. Well, come on, coach. You can go home anytime you want to. Right? And, and they'd get out there and they'd run. And, and I love this part. You know, y'all think it's gross, but athletes really understand. And they'd throw up. And we laugh. Okay, now that you got out of your system, can you go run for real? Am I lying, though? Anybody that really runs understands. That once you get that out, man, you can go. You know, and, and we do that. And every day these students come. Now, are they always happy with practice? No. But they know it's for a good. It's for a cause. It's for something else. But here in the church, we don't view God that way. We don't view our pastor that way. I remember Pastor Meyer walking up to one of the worship team guys one day. Me, me and uh, Mike, I think it was, were walking in behind him. And he met him at the door. He said, brother, the Lord's been showing me some things you've been doing. I think you need to go hit the altar and uh, repent and uh, take a break from the worship team. Man, me and Mike are back there like, hallelujah, Father, forgive us. Before We don't even want to walk in the building now because we're like, Pastor knows everything. And some people are like, well, that's harsh. It saves him from hell. What's harsh about it? You know, and, and we don't view 
our, our church that way and our pastors. Well, I can't believe pastors said that. I don't agree with that. Go find another team to play on. Right? That's what athletes do. See, we've got to change our mentality. We've got to change our mentality on, on how we see the book, the word. Because the, the problem is, is that we see the word as something that we might have to do. If coach calls in a play, do you make that play? Unless he lets the quarterback change the play. But if the quarterback changes the play and you don't want to do it as an offensive lineman, what are you going to do, just stand there? Are you going to be there for the next play? I can promise you that, now, I, I know I, I, our coaches back in the day were a little bit different. I could promise you, coach would probably go out on the field, grab him by the mask, and drag him all the way over to the chair. Sit him down, unstrap it, and take it off so you won't be needing that again. Get the rest of that off and go home. Right? But we don't view our, our pastor and, and the word of God that way. Why? Because we don't think that God wants to make us who we want to be. And there lies part of the issue. We want to be who we want to be, but we never ask God who he wanted us to be. I want God to make me who he wants me to be. And you know what's happened in over 20 years of walking with the Lord? I believe they've become more and more this. Who I want to be is more lined up with him. I had dreams and visions of things I wanted to be. And God said, no. And I said, yes. And he said, no. And I, okay. And I gave up. And I started following his path. You see, we've got to view these things this way. Today, we're going to talk about game day. We've talked about coach God. We've talked about practice. Practice is so very important. Practice is Bible study. Practice is going through the motions of doing what you're supposed to do. Practice is that moment, you know, when, when you're practicing something like handoffs. We practice handoffs one after another, after another, after another. You know why? It becomes second nature. Yes, that's Marksville. That's one of the last games they played, actually. And, and my Wednesday actually had some Coach Dunbar quotes in there because I was messaging with him to get some uh, active coach stuff. We practice over and over and over. Why? Because it's, I know I take three steps. Boom, that guy, three steps. Boom, he puts the stick in my hand. Boom, he puts the stick in my hand. Boom, he puts the stick in my hand. You practice them over and over and over. And what happens when you drop the stick? You lost. But what happens to the guy that gave it to him? If it was his fault, man, I'm sorry, man. Let's practice that again. But we fall off into sin and we make excuses. There's no excuses when you're in the middle of the game. There's no more excuses. You're in the middle of the game. And today we're in the middle of the game. We've done film study. We had to study the film so we can know what our enemy is doing. And guess what? Film study is studying the Bible. Film study is listening to other believers tell you, hey, the enemy's been doing this to me. Film study is very important. But now we've come to game day. It's time to get on. We're on the field. We're an NFL team. Because it's not like they're really doing anything right now. So we're going to be an NFL team. And we're the Saints, the real Saints. Because guess what? I read the end of the book and the Saints win. Don't have to worry about playoffs. Don't have to worry about anything. We win every single game. Even when we think we lose, the end of the book said we won. The Saints always win. Here's the thing. You've got to get in the game. Stop putting yourself on the sideline telling coach, I'm not good enough to be in the game. Coach decides who plays, right? Coach decides who plays. How does he make that decision? You know, sometimes it's just the fact that you've been faithful and you've been there the whole time. And you know what? I've had students through the years 
They, they don't know how to run. They don't have any natural ability. None. None. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But they will show up every day and encourage other people. They will show up and run that 25-minute, two-mile. The girls are even done. Yeah, it's bad. But you know what's going to happen? I'm going to let that student dress, and I'm going to put him in a meet, and I'm going to find him something that's not going to take him 25 minutes to do. I'm going to find him something. Why? Because he earned the opportunity to be in there. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to put him in a race where I know there's not a lot of people, because guess what? The top eight get points. So if there's five people in a race, I'm going to put him in that one. Even though he's not going to win, he's going to win points for the team, and now he's excited. God wants you in the game. It's time to get out of our chair and get in the game. Because there's people dying out there, and we keep telling ourselves, I, I, I can't do what pastor does. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I can't do anything for the Lord. Can the coach go out there and be the quarterback? No. Can the coach go out there and kick the field goal? Even if he was an NFL field goal kicker and he's in high school? No. Why? Because he's on the sidelines now. You're the players. I'm a player. You see what I'm saying? It's our job to do what God has called us and commissioned us to do. I want us to look at a scripture here real quick. Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to check this real quick. Matthew chapter 10. Yes, we'll have all of this on the screen for you. Change a couple of these. I don't want y'all to freeze. I love it, personally, but, you know, I don't, I don't want y'all. See, coach is trying to help out, trying to make his players comfortable. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus sends out the 12. Look at this. It's on the screen. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now, let's just look at this for a second. Jesus called his 12, well, he had 12 at this point, but he also sent out 72. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. Jesus has called you and said, hey, you're playing today. You've been practicing, you know your part. I'm not trying to send you up there to preach a sermon because that's not your part. You're not the quarterback. You're not the long snapper. Your job is your job. So guess what? You're getting to dress out today. I'm giving you the authority to get out there and represent the team. If you were bought with the blood of Jesus, you were representing the team. You were representing the body of Christ. To heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. There's our game plan. Keep going to the next one for me. Now he lists them. Now the name of the twelve are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew, brother, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Go to the next one. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. This is an interesting team. Keep going. These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them. Now let's think about this team. You've got the betrayer of Jesus there, who Jesus knew was going to betray him, but he let him go out. This is the guy here that, that's, that's a gambler, and he's already basically sold out the team that he's going to try to, right? 
I'm going to throw this play so that we'll lose. You know, but Jesus still sends him out there, doesn't he? You got Peter who's going to deny him. You got a tax collector in the bunch. They weren't really considered very honest. You, you've got an interesting team. But did that matter to coach? Why? Because he knew they could do what he told them to do. See, he knew they would go do what he told them to do. And you know what? They would learn something along the way. Every meet, I would learn something about me. Every meet, as a coach, I learned something about my students. Every game, something is learned. See, we've got to get into the game and say, you know what? I need to work on this. Because when I got out into the game, I felt that pressure right there. Right? It's like, it's for instance, you're going through life, and here it is. You start succumbing to, to mental thoughts that you know you're not supposed to. What does that mean? I need to practice more in that area. I need to make sure I've got the helmet of salvation on. I've got to make sure that I'm doing those things. It's just like in a football game. The running back practices and comes around. If in every practice he always went through the line, what would happen the first time somebody stopped him? The whole team would be like, whoa, whoa, what do we do? Right? Same thing for you. Sometimes we have to have pressure up against us. If we don't have pressure, we don't learn how to apply the scriptures. See, it's only in that time of pressure that I learned. It's only in that time of pressure. You know how I learned that I was a decent runner? Because coach would make me run. We'd run eight miles a day, at least, on a small day. And we'd run, and we'd run, and we'd run. And you know what I realized? That he'd make me run harder and faster and harder and faster and harder and faster. And then I found my limit. And you know what I had to do? I had to either go beyond that limit or stay right there where I was and never go past. See, too many of us have got so comfortable in life that we want to just stay where we're at. I am comfortable sitting on the pew doing nothing for God. That's what a lot of us say. Oh, well, I tithe and I give. Okay. You're already supposed to do that. All the players show up to practice. See, I, I'm, I'm pushing this point this morning because i got to get you to see this. We've got to get in the game. Why? Because the world is dying, and the only ones that are going to reach them is the church. But most of the church is made up of people that are comfortable, and they don't want to change. They'll walk around and keep going through the same sin. I am tired of watching people go through the same sexual sins over and over and over and over again. When you get mad at that thing that keeps beating you, you'll figure out how to beat it. If you keep getting drawn into something in your mind, when you get tired of it, you'll figure out how to beat it. I figure out how to beat those things by studying the Word. I figure out how to become a better believer by studying the Word. But then God says, it's time to get up and go do something. No, I can't do that. I'm not ready. What do you mean? The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you and it's not enough? If it can raise a dead man, are you dead? Then it works. <laughs> but you're not dead. See, we've got to see this thing properly. Every day of our life is a gift from God. Every day as a believer that we walk around, there are going to be people that are going to come around us and we're going to have an opportunity to share the love of Christ we're going to have the opportunity to live a life in front of them when the world is pushing down. Look at the world. There's no hope. We're all going to die of COVID. 
according to the, the world, but the statistics don't mean that, but according to the world, we're all going to die. According to the world, we're, we're all going to go broke. We're all going to, I'm not playing their game. I'm playing the game God has given me. But the world, man, listen, I've talked to pastors that feel that defeated. I've looked at posts from pastors, leaders that feel defeated right now. How do you defeat a believer? Keep them balled up and not let them do anything. You know what my pastor used to tell me? Rich, when you, when you start feeling defeated, go find somebody and tell them what Jesus did for you. You can't, you can't not share the love of Christ for somebody and, and not feel it. Oh, it was me. I, I'm, I'm just, man, I don't know. What, how, God just forgot about me or something. I'm just, man, you know what? He forgave me of all my sins, took me out of life of clubbing and chasing women and doing all those kind of things and, and set me free. And, and now I have a great family and I get to do, man, it's not so bad. You see, when you start sharing the love of Christ with people, you will see a difference in your attitude. You will see a difference in your attitude. Let's keep going through this. I want to finish this. These 12 Jesus sent out, he instructed them, do not go on the way of the Gentiles, do not enter the city of the Samaritans. Keep going to the next one. But rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was giving them the game plan. They had already practiced. They had been at practice. And coach said, Mike, you're ready, go. What am I supposed to do? The same thing we've been doing. What do you mean? Have you been at practice? <laughs> right? Have you been at practice? Like, like the football players. I, I always wondered how, how they did this. But I, again, I didn't play football. I, I was a track guy. I was a distance runner. And, and all these hand motions, and it tells you all where to shift. I'm like, how do they remember all that stuff? That's why I didn't play football, because I could never remember that. They've got to be in their place for the right play. You've got to be in your place. God has already given you everything you need. You have practiced it and practiced it and practiced it. It's time to go do something with it. We keep students in, in school for at least 12 years, right? And then we tell them, go get a job. You should have learned enough to go get a job. And then we put them in college or trade schools or whatever kind of schooling they're going to get. For what? So they can go get a job. How would you like it if they just lived at your house forever and never even got a job or anything else? And the whole time they told you, I'm not prepared. Be like, boy, I've been preparing you for a long time. Fixing to prepare you to just, just ride up out the dough. <laughs> would you let your kids do that? Now, if there's a disability, that's why I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that the normal life, right? You see what I'm saying? But we want to do that in the church. We want to come set in the church and have somebody just preach a sermon to us and make us feel good and all. I'm telling you, them days are done. We can't be that way anymore. Because people need Jesus and they need you to show them Jesus. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go ahead to number seven. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what you've practiced. What do you mean the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Kingdom of heaven. The lost are found. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. Those that are in bondage are now free. Go pray for them. Listen, it's not your reputation on the line. 
Could you imagine what everybody would have said when Sean Payton kicked that onside kick to start the second half of a Super Bowl that he was winning if they missed it? Could you only imagine the commentators? But whose fault was it they missed it? It wasn't Sean Payton's. It would have been the team's. But who would they have ridiculed? Who do they ridicule when, when the Patriots lose? The coach. And then they go and they start looking at everybody else. Who are they going to ridicule if you pray for somebody and, and nothing happens? I can't believe Deborah believed that. That's ridiculous. Are they going to do that? No. They're going to blame God. It's his reputation on the line. Just be willing to be used. Be willing to be used. Be willing to go out and do something. Go to the next one. Oh, that's the last one. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. Coach says, get in the game. We don't have a 12-player rule here. Actually, 11-player rule. Get in the game. Get out there and do something. Why? Because God wants you to go and do something. You see, how do you prepare for game day? You get your mind focused, right? The players focus their mind. We get ready to go. What is my job here today? What is my job here today? You know, just like those guys will go and they'll run. Pop. 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 Why? Getting their mind focused, right, Dave? Getting their mind focused. You get on the starting line. You're, you're counting. You're taking off. And, and you know, sprinters, they, they do all of this. Football players do all of that. It's time we get our mind right. It's time we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians. The mind of Christ. What did Jesus say when they talked to him? What are you here for? Well, I need to be about my father's work. What are we here for? To come into a comfortable building and hear somebody preach to us and listen to the worship team. But that's not. Coach says it's time to get involved. It's time to get involved. Yeah, but what happens if, you know, if, if I'm not able to go and be that person? What happens if I get out there and, you know, and I get beat up on? Well, the seven sons of Sceva. You know, where, where the demon beat them up and left them naked. They weren't full of Christ. They were out there on their own. Huh? When the enemy comes in like a flood, he'll raise up a standard against them. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue which raises against you, listen, to, you will condemn. Whoa. You will condemn. It's what the Word says. Isaiah 54. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue which raises up against me in judgment, I will condemn. See, I can do all of these things. But a lot of us want a platform. A lot of us want a platform. And platforms are, are not what you think they are. Because they're the guys that everybody gets blamed. <laughs> they get the good credit and they get the bad credit. They get everything. But none of it functions without us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me over in Philippians. Guys, we've got to think about these things that coach God. Coach, what do I need to do? What about the guy who sits on the sideline? Coach, put me in, coach, put me in. No. Put me in. No. Look at little Rudy. Rudy, what, his Rutabaga or whatever that guy's name was, right? With the Notre Dame, I think it was. You know, it's a true story. Little bitty old short guy was too small to do anything, but he got out there and he took a beating every play. But guess what? 
he still won him a game. And he said, I don't care what you do to me. And when we get that mentality in us that, you know what? The world can beat me all they want. They can beat on me. They can beat on me because I promise you it won't look as bad as the Jesus' stripes were. They can, they can lash out at me. They can do all those things. You know what? I'm still going to tell them Jesus loves them. I love them. Why? Because coach told me to get in the game. Coach told me to get out there and do something. And you know what? If I don't get out there and do something, I'm going to be benched. But here's the thing. Do you want to be benched by God? Or do you want to do something for him? Listen, for too many years, I, I lived my life the way I wanted to live my life. And then all of a sudden I get saved and I'm going to go be a flight engineer, third man in the cockpit. I'm going to go do all these things, you know. All I got to do is sign the paper and God says, no. God, I got a plan. I know who I'm supposed to be. He says, yeah, but that's not the game I want you in. I want you in this game over here. Yeah, but God, I want, no. No, I want you to go do this. And can I tell you, I didn't start out in the church preaching because I couldn't preach. It was terrible to begin with, couldn't get in front of people. I didn't even start out on the worship team. I started out cleaning toilets and opening the door so my pastor didn't have to. And then I started playing trumpet on the worship team and realized it had been way too many years since I'd played trumpet and that was not going to work. Because my lips were no longer any good. I was a great trumpet player. But it had been way too many years. There was nothing here. So I'd play a little bit every now and then and finally I was like, I'm out. I'm, guys, I'm done. I'm going to go clean some toilets. I just did that. I'd go pass the offering. I, whatever needed to be done in the house of God, but also outside the house of God. Constantly sharing my faith. Why? Because it was somebody that shared their faith with me is why I received Jesus. It was somebody that had the gall to come knock on my door and say, Hey, man, you know Jesus? I slammed the door. I said, I didn't want to know Jesus. I was in the military. You see, that's why I'm so passionate about people telling people about Jesus. Because that's how I was reached. I wasn't brought into some church service and started showing up and all that. No, they told me about Jesus and God compelled me and I went to this concert. And you know they still have concerts to this day over there. And you know what was crazy is, is, is we're going to take a small family vacation at the end of the year. And because uh, my oldest son is fixing to graduate college, it's probably one of our last ones. And so my youngest son was, was, hey, how far is Jacksonville from where we're going? Maybe we can go see your old pastor. Why do you want to see him? Well, you've said so many great things about him. I want, so I had to go find preaching of him. And I was like, man, that's why I preach how I do. Because that's where I, I cut my teeth there. And even Pastor Flippo. And, you know, he's still to this day. Pastor Meyer preaches on reaching the lost at any cost. Why? He grew up in church and completely ran away from it. And he was sitting there with a 45 in his mouth as a leader of the Hell's Angels. When his wife called, called the local pastor. You know what the pastor did? Son, you're going to mess it up. You're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, it, it, here's the leader of the Hells Angels in Chandler, Arizona. They sit in the little, this is back in, you know, 80s. This isn't the biker gangs we have today. And, and he sat there and shared Christ with him right there with a gun in his hand. Fixing to commit suicide. I've watched crackheads give me their money. Seriously, I prayed with crack, crackheads. How else do you describe that? Fiending, 
fixing to go make a buy, gave us the money after we prayed with him, said, bring this to my wife and kids, they need it more. See, sharing the gospel is not always easy, but people need it. People need it. I, I know Cindy keeps sending me all these messages. She's in the back, and she's sharing Christ with people at her job and this and that and praying with a lady over in Walmart the other day, and, and she's just having so much excitement. See, that's when we start coming into the house of God and we get to start sharing what God is doing because we've been out doing things all week. We've been playing the game all week. We get to come in and excite other people and, and share those things. Listen, even if you get in the game and get knocked down a couple times, you're going to break through the line once in a while. Right? As much as we all dislike that one running back that just couldn't run north and south, he would always go this way. That Super Bowl year, I'm trying to remember his name. Remember what I'm talking about? We all, yeah, you probably remember him, Oscar. Remember that? He would just never go straight. He always wanted to run. Always wanted to run. And he figured out he wasn't the fastest man on the field. But he always got some yards. In the end, we win. Doesn't matter. We win. You win. Get in the game. See, we give our money so that we can, we can help reach other people. We give of our time. We give of our talents. Everything God has given me, I give back. And not just here. Why? Oh, you're the pastor. Man, I've been doing that for well over 20 years. Because you know what I realize? God gave everything for me. Gave everything for me. And I've got to be, I've got to give back to him. I've got to do whatever it is I can, whatever he instructs me to do. I've got to do for him. Because he did for me. Because I love him so much. And I want to be in the game. I don't want to have to sit on the bus. There's this one school, and I'm going to close it up with this. There's this one school. I went to a, a coaching clinic. They're out of Colorado. There's different levels of runners in their organization. They have to run so many miles a week. And they document every run they make. And they have to turn in their logs. Even when it's snowing, the school can't make them run. They know coach said go run and uh, make sure you show me your numbers, even though the school said they can't run because it's too cold, but they practice football. They always used to complain about that. Um, these guys were running over 200 miles a week. But to get on the charter bus was over 350. The 200-mile-a-week guys rode the school bus in the back that didn't have air conditioning or heat. Well, it had heat, but no air conditioning. But if you want to be a part of this team and get all of the luxuries, this is what required of you. Well, that's not fair. Life's not fair. This is what was required of them. And on top of that, after they would finish a cross-country meet, who's got miles left they need to put in? Let's go run them. And they'd go run them. And they actually have a massively large running club up there now where people from all over the place come and run with them, and they've created some of the, the nation's best distance runners. People want to be a part of the team. Why? Because they realize that the more effort I put in, the more rewards I get. The more effort I put in, the more rewards I get. You know what? The more effort I put into chasing after Jesus and studying his word, the more rewards I get here in this life and the one to come. I get the joy of watching people change their life. I get the joy of, of sharing the love of Christ with people and they cussing and screaming at me. That's not joy. Oh, yeah, it is. I know that's just the devil. You see, it's time to get in the game and put some skin in it. It's time to practice. It's time to, to say, I need to be better than I am. I need to have more in this thing. 
do we study the word more than we watch TV? Yeah. Which one are we doing? Coach said to get in the game. It's time. I know this may not have hit everybody the same way, but I'm hoping it, it'll at least get in your mind a little bit so you can start seeing some things that, that it's time that the church rises up and truly is who God has called us to be. Amen? So listen, I'm going to pray for us this morning, and then we're going to do one more thing before we leave. So Father, we, we thank you for your word first and foremost, Lord. I thank you that your word changes us. And Lord, I, I know this has been different, but Lord, I pray that people would truly receive what it is you're trying to speak to us today. Let us forever be different, Father. Let us forever be different. Let us get in the game. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know this Jesus that I've been talking about, just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus today. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you and, and, and show you a prayer that's in the Word of God. That He will forgive you of your sins, cleanse you of all the things, and you'll become a part of the family of God. And it's saying that, you know what, I'm a sinner and I need Jesus to save me. Forgive me. If that's you, just slide your hand up. I want to pray with you today. Amen. Father, I thank you for your people, Lord. I thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you're going to do. Stir, Lord. Every day, continue to stir in our spirits. Give us opportunities to share the love of Christ. Give us opportunities to make plays for the team so that you will have all the glory and ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, say amen with me this morning. Amen. Amen. Listen, so we're going to shift gears for just a moment. I don't think it's going to take us very long. Those long-winded preachers. So we're going to do our fire Bible real quick. So go ahead and play the video for me real fast. And I'm going to move this out of the way. Well, I'm going to show them I'll leave it right here. Yeah. You know, we didn't even cue it up. I don't know if it's going to play. <laughs> didn't even think about it. So we're raising money. It was in that sermon, uh, one of the Coach God sermons. That's okay. I'll just go without it. Fire Bible is just a uh, Bible the Assemblies of God prints. It's a Pentecostal Bible. It's a complete study Bible. And what's happened is, is they've converted it to Sri Lankan language and uh, Serbian language. And there's such a need in these communities for pastors, or these countries, for pastors to have Bibles. There's so many pastors that do not have Bibles. And so the Assemblies of God is printing this Bible, shipping it, and putting it in the pastor's hand for $25 a Bible is what it's going to cost. Now, I have a Bible here, and I can guarantee you it didn't cost $25. Probably closer to about $75. <laughs> so put up that first one with our goal. $25 a Bible. I would love for us to send 100 Bibles. That's $2,500 raised through our church here. That'd be 50 Bibles in each country. Imagine pastors having Bibles that don't have Bibles today. Imagine that they're able to stand up and teach their congregation. They're able to teach pastors because these pastors are going to raise up pastors and leaders. They're going to do all of that. And we are sowing into that. And you know why I I'm, I'm really have a heart for pushing this? is because our community is a hard community. Everybody knows Jesus. So you know what? My, my thought is, again, as he sows, he'll reap. 
as he sows, he reaps. Us as a church, me as an individual, my family's already sowing into this. Pastor Flippo actually gave me money while he was here to put toward this. Because he sees it too. We're going to sow into this so that those communities will be reached and, and discipled for Christ so that we can do the same here. We're sowing seeds there so we can reap them here. Because our community needs Jesus. Our community needs discipleship. It, every church in our region that preaches and teaches truth, my prayer is, is that they're filled to overflowing, reaching lost. It's not just about us. It's about every church in our region doing these things. So we're sowing seeds in these places so that, Lord, we can reap. That's our purpose. Purpose as a man, purpose in his heart, so let him give. And we are planting that into this country. So what they're going to do is they're going to come around with, with the uh, orange buckets or the red buckets, whatever they are, in a minute. Everything that goes in here goes to Fire Bible. That's why we received our offering the way we did earlier. If you need to go online, go online. And if you do the drop down, it says Fire Bible. Just click on it there and give to there. Amen. So they're going to go ahead and come and, and receive that. And we're going to count it real fast. It's not going to take us long. But we're going to count it and we're going to put a number up there for you. So y'all go ahead and, and come out and... Uh, and listen, if you're not able to give today and you want to give next week or something, that's still fine. You can still give. But today, we at least want to reach a goal. And if you gave it earlier, we're going to count. We're going to look through that as well just to make sure. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and, and uh, go on through. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to log into our system here so I can see. Listen, I just, I believe God is... Is going to do this. Now, here's the other part of this. I almost forgot to tell y'all. Um, discussing this with the church board, we're going to match whatever y'all give. The church is going to match whatever the congregation gives. Somebody write out about a five grand check so we can make the deacon sweat. <laughs> Need to make the deacon sweat every now and then. <laughs> Hold on, I got to do this. I want to do this right here and uh they're gonna say they're gonna go back there and count it real fast yeah i know come on somebody's not being happy with me today does anybody believe that that god does these things come on yeah so it's gonna take them just a minute and they're gonna send me a text message with a number and we're gonna throw it up there and uh, you know what? I believe we're going to more than hit that number. Anybody believing with me? I believe we're going to more than hit that number. Why? Because people need Jesus. Pastors need Bibles. And I know this much. There may not be excitement for planting churches in America, but overseas there is. These guys, we, we were talking about this the other day. These are people that, that will uh, basically take one page of the Bible and study it, and study it, and study it, and pass it around. You know, if you remember Brother Ron Paul, Ron Paul smuggled Bibles into China at one point and, and was captured numerous times for smuggling Bibles. And he was like 40 years old doing that. Yeah. But, you know, I figure this much. He was a Vietnam vet, and he did all of that kind of stuff, too. So, you know, what he, he captured, he was probably like, this is nothing. <laughs> I've been out in the jungles of Vietnam. This is nothing. But you know what? 
And there's another country that we, we had somebody come through and speak. They were, they were talking about Bibles and how few Bibles they have in their country. And we were going to help them raise money. Remember that. I'm not going to say any of that because we're online. And uh, they're like, that's not the problem. We can only bring 12 Bibles in at a time is all they can bring in. And so they're, they're waiting to find people to help bring the Bibles in. They have them sitting on the other side of the border in shipping containers. And they're smuggling them in one at a time, one at a time. So I said, guys, I'm, I'm just believing that we're going to more than meet $2,500 so that we can send 100 Bibles. I, I'd, love, I'd love to send three or 400 Bibles, honestly. Because, again, I'm not sowing for, for that. I'm giving because there's a need. But according to the word of God, I know we're going to reap it here. Given it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over shall men give to you. Given it shall be given. And that's how I've lived my life according to what I know with, with my pastor has always taught me and what I read in the word of God. So I'm just sitting here looking at the online giving. It doesn't show me all the names, but it shows me the amount of how much is coming just on online right now while we're sitting here. And they're counting the other part out there. So here in just a minute now. I'll make y'all wait, man. Come on now. So. Okay. All right. Let me send it over to you, Micah. Hey, y'all come see a second. Hey, I'm going to let you add this up also, Micah. Because uh, I'm, you know, kind of up here in the front. Let me refresh this one more time. Why don't I just do it like this? That's online so far. That's where we're at. So, all right, you gonna tell them? Help me make sure. Hold on. Well, the number just went up again. Hold on. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Just sent to you, Micah. Hey, remember to divide that by 25. And you know what? And people are going to continue to give. And that's great. Oh, look, it just went up again. But okay, we're just going to stay where we're at for now. That's okay. That's okay. I'm excited. He's going to show it in just a second. Y'all want to see Pastor get excited? Stuff like this. Listen, I love food and I love all of that. Come on, Jesus. There you go. So put it in there in their bucket for awesome. Put it into there. Put it into there. You got it, Mike. 168 Bibles, guys. Come on, y'all give it up for Jesus. 168 Bibles. Come on. Again, hey. So I'm going to tell the district, this is how much we've got right now, but I know there's going to be some people, they told me they couldn't give to the first of the month and everything. Hey, even if it comes in, we're going to give it. Listen. 168 pastors are going to get them something to teach some people about Jesus. 168 pastors are going to get to train fellow pastors 
to go pastor churches that are going to reach people for Jesus. Come on, y'all get the math in this thing. If there was only 12 people in every church, and all 12 reach 12 and reach 12, imagine the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that will be reached and changed because of 168 Bibles. Come on, y'all give another praise for the Lord today. Come on, Jesus. Come on, y'all stand up with me and we're going to pray. And we may beat the Baptist to the food. No, I'm just picking. Pentecostals for sure. Hey, listen, I was, I was picking at my, my Baptist brother, brother uh, Mike Fontenot. Y'all know Mike. He pastors, pastors the Baptist church in Basile. Him and his wife had both got COVID and they're, they're better now. But I watched one of his online things as he was just kind of sharing with things. And I'm, I told him, I said, brother, you almost kind of sound Bapticostal there. What do you mean? I started telling me, oh, you know, man, come on. I was like, oh. he said, I'm rubbing off on you. Because that's always the joke. He's been trying to make me Baptist. I've been trying to make him Pentecostal. So we just pick at it all the time. So, but, you know, hey, we just got to keep rubbing off on people. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us today, Lord. The, the time of worship and your presence is here, Lord. We're so thankful for that. The, the preaching of the word, let it be deep inside of our heart. But, Lord, I am ecstatic and excited right now, Father, that, that you have impressed on the people in our church to be able to give 168 Bibles to pastors and leaders that are going to change their countries forever. Lord, you see that the people that have given, those that maybe have not been able to give, Father, so far, Lord, pour out a blessing. Your word says, Lord, and I hold you to this, give and it shall be given Pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over will men give. Lord, your word says it. And Lord, we hold you to that word, your word, that we know will never return void. Let them see the fruit of the financial gift as well as us hear the stories of the lives that are changed because of what we've been able to sow here today. And Lord, we will continue to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor, and anything else we can come up with, God, because you are worthy. And Lord, I pray protection upon your people Lord, as we go this week and we celebrate with our loved ones, thanking for all the good things that have happened this year, even in a year that looks so bad, we have things to be thankful for because you sent your son. Lord, protect us, protect us as we travel and as we go about our days. Give us opportunities to share the love of Christ and all that he's done. And if you agree with that this morning, say amen. 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 Listen, love you. Thank you for being here with us today. No church Wednesday. There'll be something online. I'll put something up there. We'll be back next week. Next week's going to be Worry to Worship, I think is what the first title is of, of December. We're going to do, do some things there. God bless you.